This is King Django, and you're listening to Shtetl on the Shortwave on CKUT 90.3 FM. To Shtetl on the Shortwave on CKUT 90.3 FM. I'm your host, Tamara Kramer, and Shtetl is a Yiddish word that means small town or village. Shtetl on the Shortwave is a radio show about Jewish arts and culture in Montreal. To listen to the podcast of Shtetl on the Shortwave or to read some of the eclectic articles in Montreal's Jewish Alternative magazine, go to shtetlmontreal.com. Stay tuned today. We're going to get in the mood for a very exciting festival happening this Sunday in Montreal. Welcome to Shtetl on the Shortwave on this very beautiful Friday. And I thought I'd start off by playing the Jewish national anthem, Money, of course. Just joking. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Lemud today. It's a Jewish arts and culture festival happening on Sunday. And I'm going to be moderating a panel there called Loaded Jews and Money. And we're going to be looking at all the myths and stereotypes around the connection between the Jewish people and wealth and exploring that with a professor and a filmmaker. And um, I'm inviting you all to come out to that on Sunday at two o'clock. And the exciting thing about being part of this festival, this first time it's happening in Montreal, Le Mood, is is actually meeting the people that are involved with the festival and that are very passionate about what they do and excited and interested and somehow found a way to connect it to their Jewish identity. And we have four such people on the show today. We've got Zev Moses. He's the programming chair for Le Mood, and he's the curator of a very incredible project called the Interactive Museum of Jewish Montreal. We have Emily Litvak. She's a coordinator at Teva Quebec, which is a Jewish environmental group here in Quebec. And we have Michael Felber, a.k.a. Felber of 
Yuraki Yoki, a band that's going to be uh, closing out the whole day and making all your rock star dreams come true. And they're all here in the studio right now. And in the second half of the show, we're going to have on the phone Stuart Mayo Jr. He is on the Mohawk Traditional Council, and he's going to be at Lamoud as well uh, in a session called Beyond Bagels and Bannock and looking at the similarities and differences between the Jewish and First Nations approach to the environment. So we'll be talking to him. But first, welcome to all you guys who came out to the studio today. I'm going to start by, uh, by talking with you, Zev. I wanted to ask you a bit about your project before we talk about Lamoud. So what exactly is the Interactive Jewish Museum of Montreal? Uh, so the Interactive Museum of Jewish Montreal, it started, uh, I guess it started in my head almost two years ago. I was looking out my window um, along Duluth and uh, there's a huge... Uh, building that kind of looks like Noah's Ark, except without like the, the hull of a ship. Um, and it's an apartment building and it's super ugly, but it's kind of clear that it's a synagogue. I, I'd studied urban design before and architecture and things like that. And that, that kind of inspired this, this project of, of uh, finding old uh, synagogues and old uh, Jewish organizations and people. It, it kind of, it, it started with, oh, I should map this synagogue and find out what it is and then it turned into well let's map all of montreal's jewish history uh from 1760 uh until now um and so it, it kind of spun out of control and it really started about a year ago in essence uh, when i started to have funding for it uh, and it became this massive research project um so we've we were we've gone live online but we're really only launching probably in a few weeks but you can you can visit our website now what's the address uh it's imjm.ca. It's like the acronym for Interactive Museum of Jewish Montreal. Are you sure it's not I am a Jewish male? It's a whole singles dating thing it's for you. It's a dating <laughs> website as well. If you just like look close enough, it's everything actually just leads to a to, to match.com. No, yeah. but seriously, it's That's... actually incredible the extent that you've gone to mapping out all of Montreal's Jewish history. What kind of things would people find on there, like buildings and what else? Uh, I mean, starting off, we we went. It kind of turned into more of an academic project the past year. So so we just started by picking important individuals um, and organizations and events in the community's history. We really wanted to get a sense of everything in this community because it's uh, some people may, you know, if, you, if you've only lived in Montreal in the past 10 years or 20, if you grew up here, but you're, you know, under the age of 30 or 40, you might only associate Jewish Montreal with Cote St. Luke and and, and Cavendish Mall and a few synagogues over there, but really the, the community is incredibly rich in its history. It's the, the, the culture, uh, the, all the things that have gone on here are, are pretty remarkable and, and would compete with some of the, the famous European uh, centers of Judaism uh, in the past millennia. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so, so, so we're starting with, with those types of things, but then the, the most exciting stuff's happening in this upcoming year when we do a lot of oral histories and, um, what else, videos and things like that. What and kind of oral of a, histories? I, I think we want to get more of a human side of, uh, of the story of, of Jewish Montreal and, and, and hear people's stories about whatever their unique, uh, 
impression or, or the environment they grew up in, because it's really a community of communities. It's not just uh, one monolithic group of Jews. They're, you know, wealthy Jews and poor Jews. There's Ashkenazi Jews and Sephardic Jews. There's religious and not religious. There's radicals and, and then there's right-wingers and everything in between. Uh, and, and I think we want to really get a, a full sense of, of who all these people were and are. And, and yeah, so. At Shtetl and the Shortwave, we love them all. Yeah, and so, and so do I. Um, Most of them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of there are people that um that we have in the museum. Like, thank God it's historical that I would have totally disagreed with, you know, a hundred years ago, uh, and some people that I'm like, whoa, we need more of you now. But um, but but it's it's really a, a variety of of it's such an eclectic community, and and I wanted to bring bring that to life a little bit. Oh, and the other thing I have to mention is that we're gonna, it's going to be a mobile application probably in the next year as well. So you can go out on the street and, and like take a phone, like take a smartphone and, and be in front of a building and either read about it or see photos or hear a story about that place and how that connects to Montreal's Jewish heritage. That's amazing. I look very much forward to uh, trying it out and also to having you back on the show to hear more in depth about it because it's a very extensive project and there's a lot to talk about in there. When, um. Whenever you want me, I'll, I'll come back. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, okay, I'm gonna, I wanted to find out a little bit about each one of you and, and share that with the listeners. So Emily Litvak, you are a master's student in environmental man- management at the biology department at McGill and also a coordinator at Teva Quebec. Can you tell us what Teva Teva Quebec is? So Teva Quebec is a Jewish environmental organization in Montreal. Um, It's the only Jewish environmental organization in Quebec. And it was started by uh, Rabbi Shachar Orenstein of the Spanish and Portuguese Synagogue. And I joined on last year at this time around. And it's just been a pleasure ever since uh, it's been we've done we basically do lots of environmental education programs for youth from high school age up to 35 and right now we're working on the Jewish eco-leadership training with First Nations and we're doing a a program on Labor Day weekend where we're going up north uh, way up north (laughs) it's about six hours from here to Wemintashi it's a uh, First Nation reserve where there's many different nations that live there but we're going to be working with the Atikamekw Nation their community was uh, devastated by 400 forest fires in May 2010 and they were forced to relocate to Latuk which is the nearest town um, and they're they're slowly trying to beautify their community, and we're going to be helping uh, to replant the trees that were that really form the center of their traditional practices and and economic resources. And it's going to be a very exciting project, um, and we hope to do some intercultural exchange between Jewish and First Nation culture just by working together and learning from each other. And there's a lot of similarities uh, in our in the the obstacles that we face and in the what we value in terms of family and and uh, community and also the environment and connection to land and connection to food and and being grateful for what we have in our life right now we're we're recruiting people and okay. uh, you can apply so people can still join to be part of this yes, uh, exchange yes. to go up north and to do some of the training sessions beforehand yes so we have two training sessions uh, 
one of them is happening at Lamoud. Um, so called, yeah, do you want to tell, tell sure. us a little bit about the session that you're doing there? Uh, so it's called uh, Beyond Bagels and Bannock, and Bannock is a type of flatbread that is part of First Nation food. And um, so we're going to be doing a panel discussion with Rabbi Orenstein and uh, the leader, one of the um, members of the Mohawk Traditional Council and the Wolf Clan representative, uh, Stuart Mio, uh, Jr. Who's going to be on the show later, so we can ask him more about that. Yeah, and uh, it's it's going to be a panel discussion basically on the similarities and differences on the between Jewish and First Nation culture in uh, on the environment and the and what how we should proceed to take action and work together because um, it's all about working together really. Had you ever been to have any of you guys ever been to a um, First Nations reservation before? Um, just really through the the project, I, I went to uh, the Longhouse in Ganawage. Okay. And uh, we've been that we've been welcomed there very generously a few times now. And also, um, we kind of scoped it out up north in Wemantashi. It's it's so beautiful up north. It's it's a really uh, it's a very special place. It sounds like it's going to be a very interesting session. I'm very excited to go and, and hear more about it. Um, have, have you guys ever gone to a, a reservation here in Quebec or in Canada? Not in Quebec or Canada, no. Okay. Uh, I don't think so, no. Um, I, I've been spending some time up north in Nunavik with uh, a singer who's based out of Montreal. She, Who's that? she grew up in Kwaktuk in Nunavik. Okay. And we do some shows up north in these towns that... Uh, that are kind of scattered around the northern part of Quebec, which is considered the Arctic. Okay. It was amazing to get a chance to see what it's like up there. Who is the singer that you're working with? Uh, Her name is Beatrice Deer, and uh, she sings a lot of songs in Inuktitut, the language. Yeah, her language. Okay. Yeah, we played a show last night with her at uh, Balatou. Oh, are you serious? It was a lot of fun, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And so what, what were some of the things that you discovered from going up there? Like some of, the, some of the differences or some of the interesting things that you saw about the communities up there? I've, I'm so fascinated and curious. I yeah. think I might join this Teva Quebec group and, and see if I can get in under the 35-year-old youth description. <laughs> well, that would be awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great to go up there with somebody like Beatrice because she's a wealth of knowledge uh, culturally, and uh, it's it's an amazing place to to be. Just to fly in and see, like this is way above the tree line, so it's just like black hills or snowy hills, and all the the homes are prefabs, like they're prefabricated because they don't have wood to build the homes. Up. Um, I was kind of expecting a hunting and fishing culture, but it seemed like that the evolution of their their society has kind of brought on uh, so now they're they're bringing all the produce from distance and there's like one co-op for each of these little towns where everybody goes to get all of their goods all of their produce their oil for their car their gloves and jackets there's just like it's quite interesting that it must be really expensive too it is it's like six bucks for a cauliflower oh my god yeah it's do you know what people will eat up there? Because, I, I mean, I wouldn't buy a cauliflower for $6. That's very expensive. <laughs> well, yeah, um, you would go to the hotel where they would be serving food. Like, there's one hotel 
Uh, this is in Pravernatuck. Uh, uh, I've only been to two towns, uh, Kujuak uh, and Pravernatuck, and uh, they were both very similar. Okay. Um, and uh, there was some type of meat that they were serving, which was like pork or steak, okay. usually, uh-huh. or chicken, and... Um, something that went along with it it was kind of like a meat and potatoes kind of thing and um we got the opportunity to uh, get in on a, on a feast uh on a sunday feast where they laid out um raw frozen arctic char and caribou okay. on the floor of the gymnasium right. where the festival was kind of taking place where the entertainment so this was sunday afternoon and they laid out these sheets of plastic on the floor and everybody came in and with their boots on like their snowy boots and just kind of sat down next to these raw uh goods and they all brought their own knife sets wow. and just started digging in and going at this stuff it was kind of like a free-for-all it was very cool to see it was kind of like um first nation sushi <laughs> yeah, totally. Sounds like a feast. Yeah. It does. Okay, so we're just going to take a little break and we'll be right back. I, I wanted to play a song and it's by a woman named Tamara Pademski. Tamara Pademski lives in Toronto and her father is Israeli and uh, her mother is Ojibwe. And she's uh, recorded a lot of uh, music, world music. I didn't have any of that, so I'm going to play some stuff from an older album of hers. And uh, she's uh, been in a number of movies like a Dance Me Outside and she's a, a beautiful woman. Hopefully we can have her come to Montreal at some point. This is Tamara Pademski and you're listening to Shtetl on the Shortwave. There's things I shouldn't think but I do So I punish each thought I have of you so dirty and twisted and shamefully bad I try to forget all the dreams I've had of you oh you there's things I shouldn't want but I do so I crush all desire I have for you by laying on the guilt that tells me I'm bad I try to deny all the cravings I have for you
Er hat sich die Städtel auf den Shortwave auf CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. We're back on Städel on the Shortwave, and today we're talking about this festival happening on June 5th. It's called Le Mood, and you can find out all about it at lemood.ca. And uh, there's a special happening. If you want to register, you can go online and do that. And if you register before Sunday or by tomorrow night, you can get in three people for the price of two, and it's $20 to come for the full day. There's uh, a whole lot happening, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about right now, Zev, seeing as you've been involved from the beginning, and you are the programming chair of Le Mood. Can you tell people a little bit about what they, they might expect on Sunday at this uh, <laughs> festival? It's like it's hard to say because I don't know exactly what to expect because it's the first time we've done it. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, we know that it's, I'll tell you what we know. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's an, it's a Jewish arts and culture festival and, uh, it's inspired partly by the Limud movement, which started in England about 30 years ago. Okay. Uh, Limud in Hebrew means knowledge or learning, uh, or it means learning actually. Um, checking my high school Hebrew. Um, and, uh, we called it Limud. It is, it, it's a, it's a kind of Franglais version of of Limud, um, but uh, what we're doing like Le Big Mac. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, which language is it in? It's not. It's not quite clear. But um, we have seventy sessions in like six or seven hours. It's like it's really going to be a smorgasbord of of knowledge. And actually, someone called it a knowledge market, which I think is a great description of what the day is going to be like. It's at okay. Espace Réunion, which is on Hutchison just uh, right near Bobien, kind of in that little industrial area um, north of the tracks. Um, and uh, basically, yeah, 70 different sessions about every type of thing that's, uh, that, that's involved in Jewish life and culture. Okay, uh, do you want to give some examples? Like, what are some of the sessions? I know You can fill in some for me because okay. I'll forget some. Um, I mean, we're not going to name 70 sessions, <laughs> but some of the right. highlights. <laughs> highlights. Some people are talking about pork memoirs, which um, I don't know that much about, actually. It's someone named Jeffrey Yeskovich, I think. Yeskovich. Yeskovich. Uh, and it's about, well, maybe you know more about it. Actually. I don't know more about it, except that he calls himself a Semitic swinologist. It should so, be interesting. I mean, it, it can't be. Uh, it should be interesting. A Semitic swinologist. Do you think you made that title up, or is that actually like a, a profession? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I doubt that's a profession, but um, but yeah. So there's there's that. There's uh, I hope he's not listening. There's uh, something called uh, I think it's either called Beyond Black and White or Levouche, which is about uh, the secret codes and meanings be- behind uh, Hasidic uh, clothing and oh, cool. and textiles. Interesting. Um, there's a bunch of stuff on on fashion and clothing and textiles. Um, we have a couple yoga sessions, um, a variety of, uh, we have something called CSI Cain and Abel, which is like, I think studying like the text in the Torah of Cain and Abel and, and, and studying murder in, in the Torah or something like that. Um, what else? Uh, 
I don't know. You fill in something for me. I'm trying. I'm going blank. You're you're going to be involved with a couple of sessions, right? I'm involved with a session called Bonjour Shalom. Twenty years later, Gary Betel made a film about Hasidic Jews and their Francophone counterparts in Utrecht in 1990. Uh, so it's actually 21 years later, but whatever. And we are re-showing the film. The whole and, film? Uh, probably. Or okay. a good chunk. It's only, it's about 50 minutes, so okay. it's not. It's, uh, and, and then we're going to have a discussion with, uh, with Stephen Lapidus, who's a professor at Concordia and an expert on Montreal's Hasidim, and, and Gary, who's going to talk about making the film. And, and then we're going to discuss what's happened since. Because Bonjour Shalom, it's actually an interesting documentary. It's about the relationship between the Hasidic Jews of Outremont and the French-Canadian Jews that live there and how they lived side by side. And there's a lot of... Con- not French-Canadian Jews. And not French-Canadian Jews, sorry, yeah. French-Canadians yeah. um, who live in Utrema and some of the conflicts that, that came up uh, or some of the issues in their relationships living together in such a tight community. Yeah, I would word it misunderstandings, uh, although yeah. sometimes it does... De- you know, turn into conflict. Um, and maybe it's evolved. Twenty years later, maybe things have changed. Well, that's what we're going to discuss. Um, the when I saw the film for the first time last summer, when I was like reading and watching anything that had to do with Montreal's Jewish community, I was shocked at how uh, current it was. Right. Twenty years. It, it, if they hadn't, if people hadn't been wearing like early '90s clothing, then <laughs> although the Hasidim, like obviously, they haven't changed their clothing since. So. So it, it's it, still relevant. It's still re- it might be more relevant actually. And we might 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 have uh some Hasidic members uh of the community come in and chat as well. Why do you say might might might? Uh we don't know for sure. It's not confirmed. It might be a surprise on the day. It's not really a surprise, but I don't want to promise it, but it might happen. Okay. So, That's yeah. the exciting thing about the mood is that a lot of the sessions are I mean people have been planning this for a long time, but some of them are still evolving and and actually there's a lot of surprises that are going to happen we don't actually know exactly what's going to be at every session and that's kind of exciting too yeah i think also there's just this kind of warm intimate informal feeling about the whole day um there's going to be this buzz just going on all all at the same time and things will will kind of improvise as we go along and it should be nice um i think there will be a real chance for participants if you're like a visitor of the fest to to actually uh, interact with the presenters and other participants as well, so it should be good. Okay, and the end of the festival is at uh, I think it's at eight o'clock. There's a closing concert, and that's where Felber, Michael Felber of You Rocky Yoki, comes mm-hmm. in. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. <laughs> well, uh, I think we're gonna have a performance from the Yuge. Okay. And then uh, we're gonna play afterwards, and uh, so what. What we do is, um, the name of our group is You Rocky Oki, mm-hmm. and uh, it's live band karaoke, so it's it's a rock show, but the singer is you, so the audience uh, will be looking at our song menu, and they'll come up and sign up for whatever song they want to sing, and we have the lyrics ready to go on stage, and we'll try to make everybody sound and look really good. Who's in the band, you, Rocky Oki? Um, there's three uh, fundamental players. There's Jordy Tucker. Hi, Jordy. <laughs> and uh, Chris McCarron. And myself, Michael Felber. Okay, and do you guys play in any other bands outside of Yurakiyoki? Yeah, we all have other projects. Um, Chris is in Chicago right now with uh, a band called Elephant Stone. Mm-hmm. And uh, he plays in or has played in a lot of other 
great bands around Montreal, same with Jordy and myself as well. Um, and uh, we're going to be uh, graced with the presence of Josh Dolgan, who's going to be playing keyboards with us at uh, the show on Sunday night. I, for- I forgot to mention, there's Josh is doing a... Uh, kind of a mixing demonstration, I think at 5 p.m. during the day as well to show like the process of how he makes his own music. Okay. And yeah, that's, I, I'm curious to, I could learn a lot from that. Like doing a radio show, it's good to learn how to mix, mix stuff. So I'm excited to, to go to that session. I'm excited to see what your shows are going to be like after you've learned from from Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to take it to that next, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard Radio Lab. The, the Radio Lab is an amazing show, very produced, and they always bring in sound effects. And they mostly talk about scientific issues, which is something I usually try to stay as far away from as I can. But somehow they manage to make it so interesting and so captivating. So uh, that's the direction I'm hoping Shtetl is going to go. And if anybody out there wants to get in on that with me and start doing some weird ass editing, please contact me at TamaraShtetlMontreal.com. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Felber, why is you, Rocky Yoki, going to be at a festival on Jewish arts and culture? C'est quoi le rapport là? Yeah, I guess. Good question. Um, <laughs> well, um, I'm Jewish. You are? And I'm in the band. So. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're, well, what uh, Anna Phelan is helping out with um, some of the programming. So she, and I think maybe Dan Selgman both kind of, pushed for us to be part of it uh Anna mentioned it to me and I I I said well great let's let's try to make it a Jewish um <laughs> like Jewish content I we're kind of I've since then uh I've been looking at our repertoire and trying to figure out who's Jewish which of our artists that are on our current song list um are Jewish or are the songwriters Jewish the artists the a member of a band and so it's, it's like CanCon kind of, but like JuCon maybe, you know, like Canadian is, content, like, yeah, like yeah. the radio will play a song <laughs> if it was written by a yeah. Canadian, We're, even if it's like Beyonce or something exactly. like that. Trying to, yeah, trying to figure it out. Like I, I, I'm sure a lot of their agents and managers were Jewish, but we're not. Ultimately you could play anybody because like, the much. Jews run the whole music industry. Exactly. So you could just play any song. Totally. Right. Okay, cool. So what songs are you going <laughs> to play? <laughs> um, well, we're... We're, this has been a lot of fun doing the research and trying to find rock stars that that are Jewish, like good rock stars. It's been kind of a, a, a you know, we've been struggling a bit, but... Uh, Why? There's so many amazing Jewish rock stars out there. Y- yeah. there y- And musicians? No? There are, but for the, like, we want to have a lot of songs for people to choose from. Um, and songs that are like classics that people will know how to sing for yeah, karaoke. Good karaoke. Ringo Starr is Jewish. Is Who's he? that? Yeah. Who? Ringo Starr. Really? Yeah. For real? Richard Starkey. Whoa. Really? What? Mm-hmm. Oh, whoa. You could play the Beatles. Of course. Whoa. Okay. You just that, opened up like that 600 years <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Thank you. That's a huge weight off my shoulder. That's amazing. See, that's what happens when you come to Shtetl. All your worries are solved. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Awesome. But you can only play Yellow Submarine in like that one other song that he wrote. That he wrote, Octopus's right. Garden. Octopus's Garden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> he wrote that too. Nice. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's, there are, um, like, we're, we're going to be doing, you know, Guns N' Roses, but there's two Jewish people in that band. Um, Rage Against the Machine has a Jewish drummer, Brad Wilk. Okay. So we'll, you know, leave that. We have one of their songs in our list. And, um, 
and we're learning more. Is there going to be any Leonard Cohen? Yes, definitely. Yeah, we, that's for sure. That's for sure? Yeah. Okay, because yeah, I'm sure. We have to. Yeah, you have to have Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, is there going to be any of this? Hold on. I want to know if she's going to be on because I'm not coming unless there's going to be any of this. Hold on a second. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah. Of course. Yes. That is. That's. I can guarantee that one. Zev? Are you going to be volunteering to... Uh, I don't think my voice is high enough for Try my it, dance try it. Moves. We're doing it right now. This is Juraki Yoki live yeah, on Shtetl with Zev Moses. I don't know the lines to any Paul Abdul songs. Wait a second. You know what you see. Yeah. <laughs> Work it. Move in. Too slow. Can anybody go up even if you can't sing? Uh, 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 well, well, are you going to yeah. help us sound a lot better than totally. we that's, that's something that I think we're getting really good at we're, we're able to even people that sound like they're completely tone deaf we're, we're going to get you on track and we'll get you through the, through the song thanks so much Felber because I really feel like I could use that help wait let me try oh 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 you're on in a hit and run. I'm not even saying the right words <laughs> But I guess a lot of people might not know that this amazing actress and incredible artist, Paula Abdul, I'm not trying to put her down. She's, I mean, she's an amazing dancer and musician, and we all know her from American. And judge. And judge. judge. She's the ultimate judge. Um, (laughs) She's actually, she's a Canadian Jew. Her mother is from Manitoba, Jewish Canadian, and her father is a Syrian Jew. So she she should definitely be in Jew Rocky Yoki. A lot of people don't know that about her, but she's like, you know, one of the quote unquote tribe. Is that okay saying tribe? Yeah, why not? Jewish, I mean, we are a tribe, right? The Jewish people? Uh, Amongst us here, I'm sure it won't offend anyone, but... If anyone else is listening, I'm not sure. It might. I think I it's know. it's been used. I mean, twelve tribes. I mean, twelve tribes. It's, it's a light version of that term. Yeah. We're the thirteenth tribe, the Montreal yeah. Jews. <laughs> Dev, you actually come from. A f- Do you mind if I mention that you come from a family with quite a, a significant connection to the Jewish community? The. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not originally from here. Okay. Which, but, but yes, I Where guess. Where are you I from again? I was I was born in New York, but I grew up in California until I was 12, and then I moved here. Maybe that's why I'm so interested in the community here, because I feel somewhat still like an outsider. Okay, and your father is a rabbi here in the community. He is, yeah. Rabbi Moses. It's intense, right? Can you get more Jewish than that? <laughs> not much, not much. <laughs> not much, not much. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get back to the mood and uh, the question of Jewish identity, why it is that you, th- you would want to participate in this kind of festival. Like, what is it that interests you about being part of the mood or going or checking it out? I think it's really such a wonderful idea because there's so, especially like growing up in Montreal, there's only like certain... I guess you you fall into certain categories or you don't fall into those categories and and if you don't then you could feel left out and I feel like this is such a wonderful way of including everyone and just saying like whatever you have to bring to the table whatever your identity is you're Jewish and it's there's a relationship between your Jewish identity and 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 who you think you are and they need to connect and it's a I think it'll be very I hope it'll be very inspiring to people who don't feel so involved to realize that 
they're a part of the Jewish community and they they belong just as much as anyone else, no matter how um, how religious, how what political spectrum you're on, whatever whatever neighborhood you live in. And so I, I think it, it's a I think it's a very inspiring project. Is there anything that uh, that you guys are skeptical about about the festival or anything about being part of uh, um, an event that's all about being Jewish and looking at and celebrating Jewish arts and culture? Well, I'm sure you sometimes feel that way that your life sometimes gets taken over by only Jewish things. And I'm sure I feel that way a bit like suddenly I'm doing a museum and a festival and like my whole life literally is only Jewish identity and Jewish history, whatever. But that it's great. I'm I'm trying to embrace that. And I, I'm, I'm sure you somehow feel that way, too, Tamara. Um, uh, but yeah, I yeah, think it's good. But yeah, my dreams sometimes are Jewish themed, which means like, <laughs> maybe I should get out a little bit more. Well, that's the thing that I kind of like about the, the Lemud Festival is that it isn't only focused solely on Judaism. There is Judaism there, but there's a lot of things that you can connect with that aren't solely about being Jewish. And there's there's uh, somebody, I can't remember the name of the session, but somebody's doing a session all about the different influences from other cultures on Judaism. And uh, It's actually the head of Federation CJA, Andre Spokoini. Okay. Um, so he's like the biggest uh, macher in, in the community. <laughs> and yeah, he's talking about the interactions between Jews and other people through history. It's going to be, he's a great great educator, speaker, really fascinating guy. Yeah, so the, I look forward to, to those sessions that like introduce us and bring us some insight onto other cultures and how the Jewish world has interacted, exactly like um, Beyond Bagels and Bannock, like where, where are the similarities, the differences, how do we interact, and I find that interesting. That's what I like about Shtetl. Yes, it is sometimes intense, solely focusing on Jewish arts and culture, but the truth is, is it's actually just a, a way of getting into arts and culture in general, because no culture is an island unto itself sure. at all. So um, what about you, Felber? What do you think about this Lamoud situation? Um, well, I, I'm excited. I, I looked through the programming and I was just really excited about uh, seeing so many different interesting things that are happening during the day. And I hope I'm able to make it to, to a lot of them. Um, and uh, it's, uh, I don't have much that I'm worried or criticize, that, to criticize, but... That's good. Uh, I didn't mean like that yeah. there should be. I was just curious. Yeah, no, um, yeah I'm, I, I grew up in Edmonton. Okay. And uh, I always had a kind of Jewish identity. There was, uh, culturally, there was J- Judaism there for me. And um, it, it's important to me, and it's it, nice to have some involvement here, and that's that's another thing that I'm looking forward to. I feel like the festival will provide a little bit of that, and, and there's some other things as well. I think that'll come out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a nice way of building community and seeing who's out there and, and how things, uh, what, what people are thinking about and creating and looking at from a bit of an alternative point of view. And there's a lot of stuff on spirituality, which is interesting too. And uh, there's, there's something for everybody. And right now I'm going to have to take a little break because I would really love to talk with Stuart Mayo Jr. of the Mohawk Traditional Council. He's the Wolf Clan representative on the council. So I'm going to give him a call right now. And while I do, I'm going to play you this song which is by a rabbi his name is Rav Shmuel he's from uh, New York I think he's from Muncie he's an orthodox Hasidic Jew with uh, 
the the side curls, the payas and the hat and everything. And he's got a very, very spiritual, beautiful take on Jewish identity. So take a listen. This is Rav Shmuel. Some people ask me if I'm Jewish. Some people look at me and know. Some people want to know if I believe in Jesus and have trouble when the answer is, well, no. Some people think that that's my right. Some people think that I am damned. Some people think that I'm a part of a conspiracy to take over the world and rule with an iron hand. You see, the protocols of the elders of Zion are true. And I am a member of standing. Our goal is to milk all the money from you. It's world domination we're planning. Oh no, there I go, I've left the cat right out of the bed. Will you please keep my secret, I pray? Cause I'm undercover as a singer-songwriter right here at the sidewalk cafe. Some people ask if I'm Middle Eastern. Some people stare at me with hate. Some people want to know if I pick up every penny, so they toss them at me and quickly drive away. Some people think that that's my right. Some people think that I am damned. Some people think that I should pack up all my bags and get out of the promised land. You see the protocols of the elders who sign the truth And I am a member of standing Our goal is to milk all the money from you It's world domination we're planning Oh no, 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 I've lit the cat right out of the bed Will you please keep my secret I free? Cause I'm undercover as a singer-songwriter right here at the sidewalk cafe. Some people ask if I speak English. You speak English. Some people stare at me when I pray. Some people want to know if I know the Kabbalah and have trouble when the answer is why don't you ask Madonna? Some people think that that's my right. Some people think that I am damned Some people think that I'm a real threat to world freedom And that I will turn their oil into sand You see the protocols of the elders of Zion are true And I am a member of standing Our goal is to milk all the money from you It's world domination we're planning Oh no, there I go, I lift the cat right out Secret I pray Someone to cover as a singer songwriter right here at the sidewalk cafe Someone to cover as a singer songwriter right here at the sidewalk cafe It's not that easy being green Having to spend each day the color of the leaves When I think it could be nicer Being red or yellow or gold 
or something much more colorful like that. It's not that easy being green. It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things. And people tend to pass you over because you're not standing out like flashy sparkles in the water or stars in the sky. But green's the color of spring. And green can be cool to view you. and friendly like. All right, we're back on Shtetl on the Shortwave on CKUT 90.3 FM, and we're going to be speaking for a few minutes with Stuart Mayo Jr., and he is the Wolf Clan representative on the Mohawk Traditional Council, and he will be at Lamud this Sunday. Stuart, are you there? Yes, good morning. Good morning, Stuart Jr. How are you doing? Very good. You? I'm doing great. I'm so glad that we have you on the phone right now. Um, I wanted to start off by asking you some very basic questions like... What does it mean to be uh, part of the Wolf Clan? Oh, okay. Well, that's a, a clan within the Mohawk Nation. We have three of them, Turtle, Bear, and Wolf. And the clan is basically an identity. It's how uh, uh, it keeps the, uh, the blood clean within the society because uh, everyone within the Wolf Clan are sisters and brothers. So I can't marry uh, another girl who's a Wolf Clan, you know. So it gives us... Uh, a sense of uh, uh, sisterhood and brotherhood to all the people within our nation. So it's a really, it gives you a real sense of being and purpose. Okay. Is there anything that's specific to the wolf, wolf clan that's different from being part of the other clans? Yeah, well, the wolf clan within, uh, within the Mohawks is the, what we refer to as the well. The well is where anybody who has any business uh, presents it to the Wolf Clan, and the Wolf Clan uh, uh, initiates all business within the council, puts all issues on the floor. Uh, the Wolf Clan is supposed to be able to determine, like, uh, if a person has trivial issues. If it doesn't warrant being on the council floor, then the Wolf Clan is supposed to be able to sift through that, you know, and to be able to make clear to whoever the individual may be if their uh, case or whatever uh demands uh, being on the council floor. So there's a big responsibility uh, within the Wolf Clan. Okay. And you're the Wolf Clan representative on the Mohawk Traditional Council, and I think that for myself, I don't actually know exactly what a traditional council is. Can you explain that for, for us? Okay, well, uh, the, the history that you know of and everybody knows of goes back only 500 years. The history that uh, that the non-native people think that they know of of the native people is all basically untrue it's all a lie it's all manufactured you know but the uh the council uh the traditional council goes back from the the beginnings of time actually it's the it's the process of how uh where the mohawk people became a matrilineal society by uh, from from war mentality you know the men were at war and we transferred over to a matrilineal society under the Great Law of Peace, where there is no more war. There is only now the council, and that traditional council uh, settles all issues that 
may be uh, that may arise, whether it's within the Mohawk Nation or we are uh, sisters and brothers to five, uh, four other nations making up a five nations confederacy. So those five nations, through their traditional councils, were able to attain peace while uh, because of solely being under matrilineal authority. Okay. Okay. So the, the council is very important in order to uh, keep and maintain peace. Okay. And this Sunday, you're going to be at Lamoud and participating in, in this uh, panel and in this discussion beyond bagels and bannock with Rabbi Shachar Orenstein. What, what would you say are some of the similarities between the First Nations approach to the environment and the Jewish approach? I, wouldn't, I didn't really know that there were anybody, any, but I assume that there are, and I'm curious to know how you see that. Okay, well, I see that, of course, uh, we, we work with uh, a lot of people in the city, you know, uh, Jewish, uh, Palestinian, uh, Ukrainian, all kinds, the Berbers even, we, there's, there's all different uh, nationalities that we've been working with. And what we're seeing is that on the people level, that everybody basically has the same uh, approach. You know, everybody is absolutely concerned about what is going on, but we are being fed a lot of lies and garbage about what's happening to the environment. Mm-hmm. So it's like the true people who are really concerned, no matter what their race, nationality, religion, whatever, they seem to rise to the surface of the people. And when they rise to the surface, all labels are basically, you know, like wiped away because everybody's coming from the same position okay. and wanting the same thing. So the approach is not really, uh, I wouldn't say it's... Uh, uh, like basically just uh, say like a Mohawk approach or a Jewish approach I don't really uh, see it that way okay. uh, we see it as the people who are trying to do you know whatever we can do about what the mess that we've gotten ourselves into okay and what do you think are for you some of the most serious a couple of the most serious issues that are that are facing us here in Quebec in terms of the environment that you're working on Okay, well, the most serious thing right now, as far as we're concerned, here in Quebec isn't even situated here in Quebec. It's situated in uh, Japan uh, with the failed Fukushima power plant, okay. nuclear, nuclear power plant. Now, that's brought to our attention, uh, obviously, you know, the entire world, that there is uh, a, a serious threat that is an invisible threat. It's worse than, uh, uh, worse like, worse than this E. coli that's breaking out right now. It's invisible. It can't be detected until it, until it's too late. And that uh, the fallout from that the radiation, as you know, just travels the wind patterns around the world, and it just gets taken all around us. So when we see that this was able to take place uh, on a scale larger and worse than uh, Chernobyl, we know that uh, it's affecting us. So this is the uh, one of the main things we're working on right now. Not about Fukushima. But Fukushima brought it to our attention, so we're working on the nuclear power that it has to be removed from our Mother Earth. There cannot be allowed nuclear power, such a thing that basically tears apart the atomic structure. That's that's really crazy insane when you think of that we're built of atoms, we're made up of molecules and dependent on the atomic structure, so if we're tearing it apart, we're tearing apart ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's, it's suicidal. So this is um, a thing that we're working on right now to 
to present to uh, or we are presenting to Zantilly that uh, to demand of them shutting down because I don't know if you're aware that they are actually working to uh, get back online. Zantilly? Yeah, Zantilly, you know, right near uh, uh, Three Rivers. There's just past Three Rivers towards Quebec City. There's a nuclear power plant there, and it has uh, the record uh, isn't that bad as far as statistics goes, you know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, uh, on the levels of uh, radiation that is being released into the St. Lawrence, there is records of that, and they just the media just doesn't get a hold of these things and doesn't present it to us. So we think that uh, it's okay, you know, nuclear power, sure. But uh, these things, uh, uh, the 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 destructive force of nuclear power, like I said, it's unseen. It could be destroying the molecular structure of uh, a table that's sitting right in front of you. Right. You know, compromising it, and you wouldn't even know. Okay, so, so this the, is one of the things that you're you're focusing on in terms of your environmental activism is anti-nuclear power. Yeah, this is the, one of the things right now where there's a lot of things that we're involved in. Okay, and seeing as we only have a really just a minute left, I wanted to ask you what uh, what it's been like working with Rabbi Shachar Orenstein. What have you um, have you learned any new things about the Jewish culture or Jewish tradition that that have uh, that you found interesting? Well, so far the the interaction that we've had has been more just like on uh, human to human level. Okay. We haven't really spoken much or, or or dealt with much about our culture uh, because we have to uh, it, say, for instance, if there was things that we disagreed with. I mean, this is basic human nature. Everybody disagrees with certain things in everybody else's culture. Huh? Mm -hmm. So if we started on that level, like, well, let's talk about culture and let's we'll, we'll obviously find the things that we disagree with. You know, so we have to look at uh, the things that we have in common. But the things that we have in common, what we really like and what has been uh, very, uh, uh, very good for us is the interaction that we've had with him and the people that uh, have been uh, coming here to our place. The interaction on that human level, of course, it's invaluable because we're learning things of uh, different peoples. You know what makes them tick, how how they think, how, how why they do things. So that's really the I would say the most important thing when you look at the history here of the past 500 years with all the non-native people who have come here. The interaction has been in the wrong way, where they have just come here and aggressed and forced themselves. You know the thing is is that how people are supposed to interact is we're supposed to. Uh, share with one another and not force ourselves or our culture or our beliefs on someone else. Exactly. You know, so yeah. this, in this way, the way that it's been happening, we've been uh, making that friendship and building that friendship on a personal level. And we find out when we do that, all the people are beautiful. All the people are just as beautiful as our own people. And I think if everybody uh, functioned on that level, we'd all be seeing the beauty in each other, you know, and the, the importance and responsibility that we have towards each other. Stuart Mayo Jr.? Yep. Wolf Clan representative of the Mohawk Traditional Council? Uh, apparently. <laughs> I'm so excited to come to your session on Sunday at Lamud. Thank you so much for coming on to Shtetl on the Shortwave. We're looking forward to being there, and I hope I see you. Okay, take care. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Wow, so exciting. I'm very much looking forward to going and hearing what um, what have been some of the fruits of the connection between the Jewish community and the First Nations community and uh, and finding out more about future projects that we're going to be doing together and, and through Teva Quebec. So I want to thank, of course, Emily Litvak of Teva Quebec for coming on to Shtetl. It's been so great. Thanks. And also to Felber, who's going to be rocking out as uh, the bassist in Jurakiyoki. Thank you, Tamara. <laughs> and Zev Moses, who's put a lot of work into organizing the Lemud Festival with a whole crew of tons of people. And, uh, and he's also the curator of... The Interactive Museum of Jewish Montreal. Way to go, Zev. Thanks for coming on to Shtetl. Thanks, Mara. Um, we had a phone call while I was trying to get in touch with uh, Stuart Jr. We had a phone call from a listener in Vermont. His name is Kevin, and he requested a song, The Barry Sisters, because I used to always play The Barry Sisters on Shtetl, and they do some like Yiddish swing, and it's really fun. But I've been changing it up lately, and I can't seem to pull up the song. So, Kevin, I'm really sorry, but thank you for calling into Shtetl. We're going to go out with a different song. It's called Go to the River. It's by Yael Naim, and uh, she was on Shtetl a couple of weeks ago. You can listen to that show, this one, and any other at shtetlmontreal.com. I really hope to see you all out there this Sunday, June 5th at Le Mood. It's 6600 Hutchison. It's the Tour de Lille, so try to uh, try to make plans for getting there um, and checking out your route um, so that you're not like a million hours late if you're trying to get to a session. And uh, I think it's going to be great. So thanks for tuning in. And this is Yael Naim. When you feel ashamed, go to the river When you're feeling sad, go to the river When you're feeling blue inside, immersed and tied When you're feeling stuck in pain